0: How can Dak Prescott improve in year seven? And do the Cowboys need to go out and find a viable backup quarterback? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the On Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
1: Doing well, uh, you know, spent a lot of time watching that uh, Minnesota game last night. The for Cooper Rush to kind of get a feel for how that was, knowing that we were going to be talking quarterbacks. I feel like I've seen a lot of this Dak Prescott kid, Uh, so I I I decided to go watch some Minnesota game to kind of refresh myself with Cooper Rush. Um, and man, uh, it, 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 was, uh, that, that game was way was more great. up and down as I remember than I remember it yeah, was we'll, a we'll, game. We can talk about it, but yeah, he
0: was not great in the first half. Uh, and then no. Cedric Wilson bailed him out a lot in that game, but, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to today, we're going to start our training camp preview going position by position, diving into the starters, the depth pieces, what they could do to address, uh, each specific position over the summer. And we're starting with quarterback. And I've got a big question for almost every player on the depth chart. Land the first one with Dak Prescott, we're going into year seven. I think most people view him as a top 10 quarterback. Some people may view him a little closer to, to five than 10, just depending on who
1: you ask. But how can Dak get better here in year seven? I, I mean, I think right now, as we've seen him, you know, these last two years and, and you know, obviously not as much, the year before this last year, uh, I, I think right now improvement will come just from being remaining healthy. You know, I think that the, like, you know, he's dealt with obviously the major injury two years ago and then the recovery from that. The shoulder stuff that he was dealing with early in training camp, kind of just trying to get back into the swing of things. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the the calf injury, which you know, really was kind of uh, such a mystery for all of us throughout the season as to exactly how, uh, af- you know, how effective Dak was while dealing with it, and how much it was affecting him. So I think as it stands right now, just to get Dak to have a kind of a uh, you know non-eventful off season and the off season where he's not having to also continue to kind of fully spend all his time rehabbing. Um, I think that alone is something that is going to be kind of a better jump start to his season uh, than when he, than where he started last year. So I I think we've been waiting on improvements. I mean, not not waiting on improvements, but um, you know, kind of seeing him slowly start to put it all together and and the kind of things that have been the roadblocks for him uh, these last two years has just been availability and availability to play healthy. So I'm hoping that a year, uh, another off season without, any kind of, you know, rehab work, extra rehab work, you know, on top of what he's kind of ongoing stuff he's going to do for his ankle. I think that that is, you know, an opportunity for him to improve, you know, dramatically on last season, simply by just being on the field. I think there's two things that Dak could do to really help
0: his game and help the Cowboys offense. One, I'm not sure that he can do. The other, he certainly can't. The Cowboys were just a much more dangerous offense when he was a runner. Like, they just were. When he could run the read option and he could be a dynamic red zone quarterback that could run the ball, they were awfully hard to stop inside the 10-yard line. I just don't know how much more of that he's going to be able to offer. Like, how much did this ankle injury take away from him? How much did the calf injury last year take away his athleticism? I don't know. Uh, And if he doesn't ever have that same athleticism that he had, let's say in 2018, 2019, 2020, it's okay. He can still be a really, really good quarterback without it. One part of his game that he does need to improve on, and I actually just looked up the numbers to, to verify, but he needs to be better in the first quarter. Like there's way too many games the Cowboys get off to a slow start. And maybe that's partly by design, but you look at his like career yards per attempt, in the first quarter compared to the second or third quarter, there's a huge difference. Even since 2019 when Kellen Moore became the offensive coordinator, his yards per attempt are 7.3 in the first quarter right at league average. But in the second and third quarter, third quarter specifically, 8.7 yards per attempt. He's just a much better quarterback once he kind of gets into the rhythm, into the flow of the game. If he can start a little bit faster, Landon, I think he could be a top three top four quarterback. I really do.
1: Yeah. I, I honestly wonder how much of that has to do with, a, you know, a, a lack of a, a good script. You it's know, possible. I, I, yeah. I, I think there, there could be something there as well, but I do agree that, you know, something, whatever it is, that's kind of causing Dak to, to play uh kind of a slow into the game and then really build. I mean, I, I think it's great to have a great strong finish. I think it's great that you uh, are a dangerous quarterback in the fourth quarter. That's fantastic but it would be also great to not have to get into situations where you're needed to have heroics in the fourth quarter by kind of starting out strong early and putting teams away early. There's too many teams where, you know, look, the Cowboys' whole offense was built on the idea that they want to get ahead early and then have the defense kind of force the the pin other the team's offense. Down, right? give, yeah, be able to pin their ears back, force the other team's offense to make risky plays to keep up with the scoring. That That plan's not going to work if you can't get ahead early. You know, ultimately what it's going to end up meaning is that you're going to try and uh, 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 fail to get ahead early and then hope that your high-powered offense can, you know, get points on the back end to win the game. There were too many times last year, too many times where we talked about it going into the game. The Cowboys can make themselves, their lives a lot easier if they get out to an early lead and control Denver. the flow example, of the game.
0: Right. San Francisco. Yeah. Perfect example.
1: Those are both games they got behind early and they couldn't dig themselves out. It, it just requires a level of monumental effort that is uh, you know, the, the Cowboys h- had the offense to, to pull off some of the times, but to rely on that is just is not a good way of doing business, especially since you've built your team to try to play with the lead. You can't wait until three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter to get your first lead. Yes. If you want to play like that. So I don't know if it's designing
0: some easy throws to get Dak into a rhythm because I think that's part of it. I, I, I think he gets so amped up to start games that it can be a little wild sometimes with the accuracy. So maybe designing some quick throws, maybe just using more tempo. Like I, Dak is one of the best quarterbacks in the league in the two-man drill. So maybe speed things up a little bit and not have everything so plotting. That would help. But I, as I also- we go – Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I also think that in general, the offense, it tries to serve too many masters early in the game. It was trying to, you know, there was too many times when they were trying to get Cooper involved in the offense early, because that's the way to kind of maintain that he's going to play throughout the game. They were trying to get the run game started early. It's just like they have too many tasks that they're trying to accomplish as opposed to just going out there and running successful plays build you know building a a collection of okay this worked for this is what they how they're showing their defense this didn't work i think that if they could just find a way to, to design this game plan in the early part of the game plan so that they're just worried about finding out what the defense is doing to them and trying to score points as opposed to having to you know Establish the run game. Establish Damari Cooper. Establish all these things. Uh, establish, you know, that your your wide receivers are in rhythm. I just think that if they gave, like you said, give Dak some easy completions early, get this offense in a rhythm early, and and not try to kind of force feed aspects of your game just to kind of get them in in gear early in the game. That shouldn't have to be necessary. Yeah. Uh, again, going into year seven for
0: Dak, where would you rank him among quarterbacks right now? Like seven, eight? Does
1: yeah, that feel about I mean, right? top seven, top, you know, I, I mean, I think his play can fluctuate to the point where he could be a top. I think he can, his play will fluctuate between top seven and top three. He like, can have he weeks
0: can... or months at a time where he's a top three quarterback. And then there's, absolutely, there's a month or so every year, it seems like where it's closer to 15 or 16. And I think that's what's so polarizing about him.
1: Yeah, and I think that the, the, you know what they're trying to do this off season is is trying to find a way to stabilize things around them a little bit. You know, just get some consistency. Dak needs the consistency. The offense needs the consistency because th- it's not just Dak that's having this these issues necessarily. You know, it's it's a kind of inconsistency with the offense. It would be great to kind of get some reliable rhythm early in these games uh, to kind of just help stabilize yeah. each one of them instead of it making it a a shootout at the end to try to see who could, who could win the games late. All right. That's enough about Dak Prescott. We've talked about him for solid 10 minutes. Now it's time to get to the real
0: stars of the show. Uh, Will Greer, Ben DiNucci, and of course, Cooper Rush. But before we get there, I want to tell you guys about our old friends at athletic greens. I've been on athletic greens since March, I believe. And I absolutely love it. It has a very mild tropical taste. that I actually look forward to having every single morning, right before I get my cup of coffee, so what is in this stuff? It's one delicious scoop of AG1 and you're absor- absorbing 75 high quality vitamins and minerals to ha- help start your day off, right? It costs less than three dollars a day and you're investing in your health. What- what's better than that? Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially with us going into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day and that's it. No need for a million different pills supplements to look after your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D in five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Landon. Let's talk about Cooper Rush, the Cowboys' clear-cut number two quarterback on this team. Uh, he actually started a game last year against Minnesota before the bye week. Uh, actually, it was—I think it was after the bye week. They had a bye week yeah, it was after, after New England yeah. uh, beat Minnesota. He threw for like 275 yards and two touchdowns. It was an okay performance. It's kind of exactly what you want from a backup quarterback. But how do you feel about Rush entering the season as Dak's primary backup?
1: Uh yeah, I mean, actually, I think it was just over 300 yards. He threw for two <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he 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 finished the game with really strong numbers, and and actually, I think generally speaking, he finished the game really strong. I I you know you, you watch him early, and it was oh his touchdown to Amari, the last through throw that yeah. he had was unbelievable. Well, like 15 seconds left to go in the game. Yeah, it was like uh, and and frankly, just that whole series of getting down there to score. Uh, was you know after throwing uh what what seemed to be an interception on the previous uh, 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 drive was just really good bounce back. you know, look, I think evaluating backup quarterbacks is a difficult proposition, right? because the bar is starting quarterback and and I think the bar between where, a starting quarterback is and a backup quarterback is is as far a distance as any starter and backup probably in the league. The the drop off from a starting quarterback to a backup quarterback uh, uh you know by design if you have a good starting quarterback is is precipitous. So trying to judge that bar or find that bar for a backup quarterback is uh, 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 an exercise in recognizing that you are looking at a flawed prospect. If this was a prospect who was a solid quarterback, he would be a starter somewhere. There's just too few, too few, uh, uh, you know, solid quarterbacks that are reliable to to fill all populate all the starting spots in the league. Um, and I think you know th- there are some teams that will take a reach on upside and, and will allow for a little bit of, of insanity. All this is a long way to say that any backup quarterback you're evaluating is going to have problems. The question is, are those problems detrimental to the team on a regular basis? Is this guy actually able to operate the offense? Is this guy able, able to move the ball and score points? And I think you, if you remember the conversations that we were having last year when we were talking about backup quarterback, you know, for a long, long time, Cooper Rush was seat quarterback three. And there was just kind of no question as to whether or not he was going to be likely cut from the team or a practice mm-hmm. squad candidate again. And then at the end of training camp, what ended up happening is that as we got into more and more games and as you got more and more exposure, you saw that Cooper Rush, despite, you know, having kind of a weaker arm not always being able to put the ball down the field where it needs to be. Sometimes, you know, one-hopping passes that should be that should be making it to him. He was the guy who most struck the balance of being able to take shots when necessary and then also kind of continue to, to incrementally move the ball down the field with this offense. Uh, so I, I think that Cooper – this is all a long way of saying – I, I'm ex- I'm interested to see where Cooper Rush has developed this offseason. because if he could find a little bit more consistency in the intermediate throws in this offense, uh, I, I think that he he is your backup quarterback of the of the future if that's a position that you know, or a phrase that sure. you use. I, I think he can do enough to kind of continue to operate the offense. He understands the offense well enough, and even in the Minnesota game, it, as the game went on. You watched him become more and more comfortable with what Minnesota was doing with to him. You saw him more and more comfortable with reading the blitzes and knowing where the people were coming from. And again, again against the Zimmer defense, which can often be difficult to kind of decipher, I, I think he got more and more comfortable. The big question for me here, Marcus, is as this offense—you know—we've lost Amari Cooper. You know, a couple other pieces have shuffled around a little bit. The the big question for me is now that you don't necessarily have the overwhelming firepower offense that you did last season is Cooper rush still, does he still have the same value as a backup quarterback or do you need to get a a more established veteran in order to kind of be a little bit more than just a, 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 the kind of bus driver that, that Cooper rush specifically is.
0: (laughs) That's tough. Um, I, I think yeah, the nice. problem is who's that player because yeah. I, I don't think the Cowboys have interest in going out and trading for a Baker Mayfield to be a backup quarterback. Right. right. And yeah. Basically having an overqualified backup like they had two years ago with Andy Dalton. I, I just, yeah. I don't see them investing that much money there. So is there somebody on the street that you can go out and get like Cam Newton? You could, but we really haven't seen anything over the last two years that suggests Cam is a noticeable upgrade over Cooper Rush. It's just, I mean, it's that sounds crazy to say, but in this offense, if you need one game, Cooper Rush is probably going to be good enough to, to get you through it. And listen, like, we saw this last year. When the Cowboys knew they had one game to get through with Cooper Rush, that wasn't a long-term thing. Kellan pulled out a lot of tricks and stuff to get them through that game, Right one of yeah. the big plays in that game was a double pass to Cedric yep. Wilson that who ultimately threw the ball down the field to CD lamb to help set them up a touchdown. They ran some other trick plays uh, to get Cedric Wilson wide open down the field that ha- ended up being a 70 yard touchdown, right? If you're, if you're comfortable with your starting quarterback back being able to, to just kind of get you by so you can eventually make one of those two or three shot plays in a game. I think that's all you really need from a backup quarterback, right? And, I think the most important part of the backup quarterback job is to help Dak get ready for the games, right? We, we always talk yeah. that the, the primary job for a backup quarterback isn't actually to play. It's to help the starting quarterback, and I think that's, yeah. that's why I honestly have not put much thought into the backup quarterback job this summer.
1: I, I really have I agree, and I think you look at it like Rush is comfortable in the offense. He's been in there about the time that Kellen Moore's been in there. So the three of them, Dak, Kellen Moore, and Rush have been together for a long time now, right, in that quarterback room. Uh, and I also think that the thing to look at is, I mean, you mentioned Andy Dalton, but think about how much more Andy Dalton was making than Cooper Rush was. And is the more. difference in is the difference in price really worth the difference in production? because i don't know that andy dalton was you know X how many million more, how many dollars more, more do be, think... better than, than yeah if, if you were starting dalton for
0: 8 games and you were starting cooper rush for 8 games how many extra wins does dalton give you
1: one maybe two yeah maybe two yeah and and i think that that's you know if you're talking about losing dak for 8 games then maybe that's something that you are willing to pay for at that point yeah. but if you know dak gets nicked up like he turns an ankle or You know, even in this game, you know, again, kind of going to the mystery of how serious Dak's ankle injury was, they couldn't stop talking about how good Dak looked in the in the in the pregame warmups. They were everyone was surprised that Dak didn't play in that Minnesota game. Uh, Maybe not us, but everyone on the broadcast was right. So, uh, I mean, I think just having somebody around for when there's one of those kind of scenarios where. It's kind of a gray area. We may want to look out for the long term of, of, of our quarterback. I, I think having someone like Cooper Rush, who's you know here, and then you know if Dak gets hurt long term, and you still feel like you have a shot somehow, you know, then you could talk about maybe trading for someone. But I think most of the time that's foolhardy. Anyways, uh, that's why I think it's better to try to continue to develop this younger backup quarterback who's very familiar with your system and knows all the calls, knows how to get them into the yep. right plays. Uh, I think that that has just as high a success rate and it's it's obviously ultimately a much cheaper proposition.
0: And I think it's also important to to think about how much that Minnesota game probably helped Cooper Rush's yeah. confidence. Not only Absolutely. last year, but going forward, right? Like I think the team now believes, "Hey, if we have to go on the road in a primetime spot, Cooper Rush has done it before and won us a game, right? Before Lane, I mean, we can go back to the Tony Romo days, but like the Cowboys never, ever ever would win that game with a backup quarterback. They just they just wouldn't. I mean, I can think I mean, I can think of all the games that they lost with Brandon Weeden and Matt Castle, and all, they just wouldn't do that. At least you have somebody who has done it before on a big stage and has been there. I I think Cooper Rush is fine as a backup. I really I honestly, I don't I don't worry about him at all.
1: I did too because I think he's again a younger player who will ascend. I think playing one of those games in Minnesota not only improves confidence, but I think it impo- improves your play because it gives you real tape to study to kind of watch and know where to improve Absolutely. because you're operating under you know live bullet fire. Uh,
0: all right, let's uh, let's take one more break to tell you guys about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Landon, we've got two more quarterbacks to talk about before we head out. We should start with Ben DiNucci, who was a seventh-round pick by the Cowboys in the 2020 draft. Uh, We did see him start against the Eagles in 2020. Uh, That was not great. Wasn't really excited about what he did in training camp or the preseason last year. We're going into year three now.
1: What do you expect from DiNucci? (sighs) I mean, it, 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 we need improvement, I mean, in some sort. I mean, obviously this guy has a sponsor in in McCarthy and and I think, you know, they're going to continue to give him uh, an opportunity. You know, I mean, honestly, I, I I have a hard time getting upset about this because, you know, most of these guys don't develop anyways. Most, you know, these kind of down roster quarterbacks that you're you're dragging along in practice squads. You know, it, whether it's Danucci or some other guy who I've I've maybe slightly heard more about, you know, it, it it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, his he's a player of little consequence. He makes nice hats. I enjoy I enjoy the one I've got, um, but I think ultimately, you know, he if he doesn't develop, then maybe he gets dragged along somehow on another year of practice squad. But I can't imagine it's going to be much more beyond this year. Uh, if he does develop maybe you've got a guy who you know you can push a little bit and and, and figure out a way to kind of stash him away and and see if maybe one more year will get him to a spot where he can compete for with cooper rush but um you know i think if he he would need to have have had a, a pretty exceptional offseason i would say yep. to catch up to where cooper rush is i think at this point and, and if he does he happen. has a
0: it's yeah. not going to happen, right? There's just and if no he does, way. That he, Cooper Rush, he's gonna he's gonna beat out Cooper Rush in terms of knowing the offense, yeah, and helping the. It's just it's not going to happen.
1: I, 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 I think. But he has an element of athleticism that I think is intriguing, and I think he has some arm strength. You know, at times when he when his you know his, his uh mechanics are correct, that that is intriguing but you're right he's so far behind in just you know he you know he holds the ball In, in trade camp what it is you see right is that you see his reps he takes the snaps the guys go out run their routes he's sitting there he's patting he's patting he's patting and he runs the ball he's patting he's patting he's patting and he throws it away he's patting he's patting he's patting and he throws an interception the the processor has got to get faster yep. and if he spent all all season you know getting the processor faster he might put himself in a spot where, like I said, he's a year away from nope. being a year away almost. So that's where we are with Um All
0: right, last quarterback that we need to talk about, Will Greer, turned 27 in April. Uh, this is a quarterback that the Cowboys actually claimed after the first round of cuts, well, or the, the, the final round of cuts. Once everybody got down to 53 players, the Panthers waived him, the Cowboys claimed him, and he was on the roster all year long as the number three quarterback. He beat out Garrett Gilbert. Well, kind of beat out Garrett Gilbert um, for that job. And he's sitting now as QB4 on this team going into training camp. I'm excited uh, about seeing Will Greer because this is somebody that we didn't get to see play at all in preseason because he wasn't with Dallas. He got two starts with Carolina in 2019 when he was a rookie and played poorly, as you would expect. But this is somebody who, like, Lit up the scoreboard at West Virginia in, in the Big Twelve. I mean, he had some insane numbers. Maybe going into to year four now, something clicks for him. But I'm excited to at least see him in training camp.
1: Yeah, this feels like the actual upside play here. I yes. mean, you know, Danucci is the guy that the coach hopes that is going to be the upside play. But Greer is a guy that you know a lot of folks who who know quarterbacks was excited about coming out of college. You know, obviously the the shine came off a little bit when Carolina started him on uh, in 2019 on a very terrible Carolina team that wasn't going to win games even with good quarterbacks behind them. Um, so I, I I think that Greer, you know, obviously the, the 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 line looks terrible. I think he had played started two games if I'm not mistaken. He yeah, threw four interceptions. Bad. I mean, four,
0: yeah, four interceptions.
1: It wasn't good. This just put it that way. That's yeah, just not good. It's it's been Danucci esque. I mean, honestly, you know those those two games he played. But I do think the difference is, Greer has more upside there. Greer is more developed there. Uh, you know, I think Greer is a guy that y- you could actually hope that in an off season or in you know with some off season training with some focus. That he could develop into a, a better version of Cooper Rush. I think he has a little bit more athleticism. Uh, he has a little bit better arm, um, but I think the the you know again, so did Gary Gilbert, and and I think that that's the difference, right? Is that you? Those things are 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 great, but even at backup quarterback at the end of the day, it's got to be about where the rubber hits the road. How are you performing under pressure? How are you dealing with the checks? You know, frankly, half the time when you're a backup quarterback, they're not trying to have you win the game anyways. Right. So half of your game is, can you check into the right run play? Can you get us out of a bad play when they show us a defense that is, you know, a, a great call for what we have called on offense. Those are the kind of things that are actually going to have more impact on your your success as the team starting quarterback than maybe your quarterback stat line. And I think that those are the kind of things that the, the coaches are are paying attention to more than say, you know, was it a perfect uh, spiral on this eighteen yeah, yard exactly. out? Well, those are the kind of things that are more important to winning, and, winning and losing with the backup quarterback than having a, a backup quarterback play perfectly.
0: I do want to say back to kind of like Bill Greer's evaluation coming out of college, there was a lot of people that were really, really high on him. Our yeah, guy, Matt really Waldman, I uh, had him yeah. over Kyler Murray as the number one quarterback in the class, 538 ran an a analytics study, but they had him as the number one quarterback in the class. Pro Football Focus had him as the number two quarterback in the class. I mean, he was universally liked. He got drafted by the Panthers. He played too s- soon on a really, really bad team and he didn't really get another chance we've seen this happen before where guys will play early and then they'll go to a different team and they'll kind of rise up to the depth chart to being a really good backup i'm not necessarily predicting that but it's it's happened before when you have somebody's pedigree like yeah. Will greer when he threw i'm looking at it now 81 touchdowns in two seasons at west virginia i mean his stat line is insane it's totally nuts I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he beats out
1: Ben Denucci this year and he gives you some moments in the preseason that get you at least a little bit excited. This is the guy who actually, you know, if he had a good season, actually could take Cooper Rush's job. You know, yes, If if, yeah. if he really, really had a very good offseason. Now look, Rush has built up a lot of of uh of uh of love in the team obviously yeah, he's got land. a lot of equity I mean, in that he, he's got yeah. an, an equity thank you that's word i was looking for he does have a ton of equity w- with the team so that will be difficult to overcome but this but greer has pedigree he's a top 100 pick at quarterback you know he's he, just like you said he, he he got his shot at carolina but not really and usually these kind of guys get multiple shots right so uh, I, I'm I'm still have uh, some uh, hope in, in Greer. I, I think that you know what we saw on tape in versus Carolina while he was at Carolina is not necessarily indicative of who he can be. So sure. uh, again, if you're asking me the two guys that I'm the most excited to see, I mean obviously outside of that Dak guy, whoever he is, uh, that I'm the most excited to see at the quarterback position and how they developed in the offseason, I mean Cooper Rush is obviously one of them, but I think Will Greer to me is the other guy who. Yep has a shot to kind of develop to a point where Cowboys decision makers may have tough decisions to make when it comes to comes down to cutting people.
0: Uh, last thing that I should mention is here are some free agent quarterbacks that are out there. You tell me if any of these guys interest you over what the Cowboys already have on the roster, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, AJ McCarron, old friend, Garrett Gilbert just got released by the Raiders. Josh wow. Rosen, uh, Kurt Benkirk, Anthony Gordon, Derek King just got released by the Patriots. Any of those guys do anything for you? Yeah,
1: you know, I think Fitzpatrick. If you if you have an injury and you need a guy to come in and inject chaos into the into your into your offense, uh, then I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's your guy. Like the the the, the you know crazy wide variance of he, he's of- the guy if Dak is out for. Eight weeks, would games. Mind bringing in, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's you know that's you're 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 shooting for the moon, anyways, right? So why not bring in the guy that is gonna, you know, add a bunch of variants to yeah. what isn't a lot of hope if Dak's gone for multiple games. Yeah, the
0: rest of those names don't do a lot for me, but overall, it's a pretty good quarterback room for the Cowboys. I think as we go into twenty twenty two, I think we feel much better about the quarterback just room in general, right? Because Dak is obviously healthier now. Uh, He's back from the the foot, the shoulder, the calf injury. We feel better about Cooper Rush because we got to see him play in a big moment, and he played about as good as you can expect from a backup quarterback. And then beyond that, we'll see. We'll see if Ben DiNucci or Will Greer can make any strides this season. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Please check out the Locked On NFL channel. They do absolutely great work over there. Uh, you can follow them on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can check us out on all the same places. Please, please, please go to YouTube. Subscribe to the Locked On Cowboys channel over there. You can follow the show on Twitter at On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.